Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Best kind of beer, scotch. I'm drinking a rock star just so I can stay awake. <laughs> oh, do you work? No. <laughs> Does Jeremy work? <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> I'm supportive no. of Jeremy. Let me oh. No, but I'm very sleepy because of the crippling depression, so. Oh. There you go. Hey, and speaking of crippling depression, welcome to quality time, everybody. Uh, here we are. <laughs> that one really got my co-host Ashley at the giggles. Uh, my name's Eric Woodworth. Thanks for welcome. Welcome back to another episode. Classic lineup this week. No guest. This is how I honestly prefer it, if I'm going to be honest with you. This I means like- we don't have to step over each other when we talk all the time. So, But we will. Give me a chance. And that, that lovely voice that you hear is none other than my blood, my brother, Mr. Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are uh, you? You're, you're, you're kind of close there. Yeah. Uh, oh, who's joining us on the pro? Is it? Tell me it's Michael Moriarty. That's right. I'm Michael Moriarty. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. I knew yeah. it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, if you might, might remember me, I, I was in a movie with uh, Yafet Koto stuck in an elevator. And uh, it's called called Call the Commissioner. I was all, uh, I'm Michael Moriarty, where I play a Southern gentleman in here, a Southern gentleman character actor for an entire film for a very lovely Jewish man of the of the tribe of Israel, where we will uh, talk about uh, a little bit of Michael Moriarty in this Dung movie. Dung. He just sounds like he's always confused at, at a uh, like he the words are always on the tip of his lips. In this movie, I hate to say after uh, uh, the whatever CSI show or uh, or um, Law and Order, whatever, I thought he died. Oh yeah, but, but he's, still, he's alive. still alive. Yeah. Son of he's a like, bitch. Got to be he's pushing eighty something. So all right. Well, I'm also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you alive? <laughs> I'm good, Daddy. Happy sweaty Palm Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Sweaty- <laughs> Sweaty Palm Sunday. Well, see, it'll be far after Easter by the time this ever releases. But uh, you know, it's uh, have I ever cared about that? When I don't know. I, I th- when I ever cared about Christian holidays, there was a time. There was That's, a time. Hey, look, look. This is one of the special holidays where you get to take home a piece of leaf. For for being good attendance. Oh yeah, that's so. right. You know, and it's not. Have and if some... you're like a creepy, creepy Catholic, they put like like uh, ashes on your forehead, so you look like yeah. Man- Manson or something. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, I was Catholic. I actually, I was, I was converted uh, to Catholicism in 2010, and you get confirmed at the midnight mass. So your church service goes from like 10 p.m. to like 12 1 a.m. 
because you're supposed to be done by the time it's actually Easter and my parents aren't Catholic. And after the ceremony, I was looking for my parents and then one of the pews is a note stuck to the pew that says, we're sorry, couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Uh, shout outs to the Pontius family who uh, left you out for dead at uh, at one mass. So joke. Yeah, jokes on me. I'm a Satanist now. It doesn't matter. And, I and would the, have come. And the, mo- and the most amazing thing is that is the priest uh, for Midnight Mass actually dresses up like direct Doctor Frankenfurter. Yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> knows the the movie so well at In and Out. So <laughs> yeah, but the the difference is is that uh, that even if you're dressed as Doctor Frankenfurter at the Midnight Mass, you're still less handsy than a regular priest, which is solid. You know, <laughs> you know that's a good that's a good choice. Uh, Amazingly, a little less gay. Hey, uh, <laughs> Ashley, if you ever decided, you know what, I'm jumping back into Catholicism, want to learn how to do some exorcisms, I will go to your reconfirmation, but I will cosplay as the Kurgan from the Highlander. So that's uh, <laughs> just to relive that because we're safe on holy ground. <laughs> and, and I must say, I'm, I'm definitely encouraged again because if there's a chance that I go to a, a Catholic um, church and get to see Negan show up, because he has to fight Mary with his bat. That looks awesome. So. Yeah, that's what that's now, what we were all thinking. <laughs> I got to be honest, I don't think I'll ever go back because there's something super cool about being able to look a priest in the eye and be like, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Like, <laughs> I, just don't I, I just want idolatry to like bleed or something. You know, that's what really gets me to going to church. Mm, so. I knew it. I knew it. Well, uh, Ashley... And I met up on Thursday night this week, and we went to oh, the yeah, uh, we, did. we went to the Wits End Saloon for. And I, I will be honest with you, if you didn't tell me you were going, I wasn't going to show up. Okay, I was hoping I even at the eleventh hour, she's like, she's going to watch this Blair Witch thing and then like back out of this, right? And then she said, I'm on my way, and I knew that I know the distances you drive to go places, and I'm like, get your ass in gear, Woodworth. We're going to the Wits End. I'm, I'm devoted. <laughs> hey. But uh, it was a uh, shout out. I know this is a little bit late, but shout outs to Jut, bartender at the Wits End. It was his birthday. And you, uh, listen, it's hard to crush at the Wits End show because it's mostly comedians that are watching you uh, in ju- very judgmental ways. They don't want to hear your your new bits you're working out. But you went full roast jokes on Jut, And it was, hey, you fucking crushed it. Oh, thanks, Daddy. It was really good. It was, give us a little taste of some, what was the a couple of the jokes that you said uh, to Jut? Um, from one of my one of my favorites is that Jut was in the Navy, and I was like, Jut's name when he was in the, his nickname when he was in the Navy was the USS Maryland because a lot of good men have gone down on him and nobody saw it coming. <laughs> So that that did crush. And then I made a joke about Pearl Harbor because, again, he's in the Navy and his wife is Asian. Nobody liked that one. I was like, oh, is this a sensitive? Is this a sensitive topic right now? It didn't it's help. Too, it was it's like too soon. It's too soon when the Koreans attacked us. Yeah, I. It didn't also help that like right after that, she's like, "Oh, are you offended?" Ching chong, ching chong, ching. And we're, like, we're like, Ashley, Jesus, why did you do that? That's ridiculous. Wow. Go, go, 
<laughs> going full Schumer. Yeah, went full. Yeah, stop the Asian hate. Fuck yeah. a big titty Asian girl. <laughs> a deal. A deal. I'm logging on right now. I'm a hentai supporter. Uh, but no, the show was really fun. I also went up uh, reluctantly after Ashley, like two comics later, and I opened. I opened with this joke that I I had written for Laugh Finder Game Night earlier in the week, which was, uh, "Hey Jeremy, let me give it your attention for one second. I was just like, I, "This is a joke I wrote." I go, "I'm so dumb. I thought statues statues." were limitations in which Woody Allen could finally tell everybody that he fucked his kids. Huh? Huh? Statutes. I thought statues were limitations. I thought it was funny. Hey, I got a big old groan from the crowd, and I never recovered for the rest of my set. It was great. (laughs) It was was great. You know, apparently... You're trying to be timely with the whole new documentary and everything. You know, I think, you know, Soon Lee would have liked it. But you know what? (laughs) <laughs> but you know what okay yeah it was a little rough but you know actually what? no i went Always i went like this my... i was like oh is this too soony oh, okay that's what i, <laughs> yes. that's what I, I got. <laughs> well no what's, what's funny jeremy is sometimes like we all have like a rough night and yeah unfortunately the crowd was like fuck you eric but <laughs> having... <laughs> having said that though I cannot go anywhere with Eric and have five minutes where we're having a private conversation without someone else wanting Eric's attention. I'm like, how are you so popular? I'm a fun guy. I'm a fun guy to talk to. And I like listening to stories. So I'm a I'm a good listener. I'm very jealous for your attention. I told him, I said, I cannot have a single conversation with you without an open micer coming up and being like, hey, uh. I remember you from 10 years ago. I know you've done a lot of great things, but I obviously haven't. Will you talk to me? And it's just very exhausting. <laughs> the great Bill Monahan was there. And I, I always talk about how I love Bill Monahan and his jokes. So I'm always, I will, I will give him the respect. Cause I looked, Bill Monahan was a comic that I looked up to. I was like, man, one day I, man, one day I can be Bill Monahan if I really work hard at it. And to this day, I'm not that funny. But, hey, listen, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I think uh, Bill Monahan probably has the best jokes with the worst delivery. He, he's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like if you just go up there and, and do comedy as if you don't care, but your your jokes are still spot on fucking awesome. So He does got good-ass <laughs> bits. Good-ass well, bits. Oh, Jerry, can, I, can I mention oh, yeah. that... I want to get this joke over with the uh, the Woody Allen documentary with Mia Farrow. Yeah, Woody uh, Allen versus Farrow. I've been I've been I've been on it. I, I think I'm an episode or two, but I don't know how many episodes of Molest I can watch. But I was in. I got three in, and I was just like, "Huh, let me guess. Next episode, it's more Molest." And <laughs> well, I, my favorite part of it had to be when Mia was confronted with uh, Woody Allen and their first kid, and and she said like. What's wrong with its eyes? It has his father's eyes. <laughs> what the fuck does this even mean? What are you yeah. talking yeah, about? Because that yeah. was funny. I like it. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying he molested Rosemary's baby? Woody Allen did? Yeah, because he, he likes babies. <laughs> okay, I got He's you. also Satan. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now That's I get what it. I took from it, Jeremy. <laughs> Yeah. I, it took me a second to get on board, but now I'm with. Um, no, hey, did you know Jesus Jewish? Hey. 
<laughs> no, I always like, hey, you know what my favorite Passover song is? Creeping Death by Metallica. I listen to it every year. It's uh, it's great. It is a Passover song. It's uh, That was my favorite part of the Bible where he says, So let it be written. So, so let, let it, it be, be done. done. To kill the false of Pharaoh's son. <laughs> that would, like, listen, if you if I went to, like, Seder or something like that, like, if, and they they were like, and now here's a musical guest, Metallica, so let it be written. <laughs> Just fucking which, rocked a synagogue real hard. <laughs> which, which, by the way, I'm stealing that joke from Beavis and Butthead where they go to the cult. Mm-hmm. And the guy just, and the guy's religious cult, all he does is watch the Ten Commandments on, on VHS. <laughs> and he's like, so let it be written. So let it be done. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite rock songs is It Ain't Over Till It's Passover. It's a good one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought that was DMX. Um, I actually participate in Passover because it, it actually lines up with a lot of my beliefs so like i smear menstrual blood over my front door to keep men away (laughs) let me come over and smell your (laughs) smell your lentil (laughs) yeah if you could fight through all the goddamn bears that are waiting outside her door Uh, (laughs) it saves me all all the panties i have to buy online damn it they're like "Mm." (laughs) the bear's like "Mm, are these preserves all over (laughs) oh oh look at this piglet (laughs) <laughs> oh, 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 like it's Winnie the Pooh. Like it's Winnie the Pooh. I st- Eric, I was straight up ready to throw hands through my computer. I thought you were calling me a big one. You know, as it was coming yes. out, I could see how it was going to be misconstrued against me, and I had a backup plan, which was immediately end the Zoom call and then <laughs> and then hide for the rest of my life. It was great. Uh, oh, yeah, because Jeremy, last week, your brother and I had it out because he's like, yeah, you're like Ricky Lake, and I was like, Oh yeah, Ricky Lake. <laughs> I said, you know, the hot chick for the movie Cabin Boy, and she's like, "You're not helping right now." I was like, "Oh, Ricky Lake was hot." And then I started. I was like, I had to Google images, like, "Hey, look, look at these hot pictures of Ricky Lake." <laughs> I'm like, I'm a boat. I'm a boat. <laughs> she's also you know, had- Ricky. Ricky Lake really thinned out by that movie. Yeah, yeah. Hey, do, do you know? You know. Uh, <laughs> Sweet Ashley's never seen the movie Cabin Boy. Oh. And I told her, Jeremy and I have a, a, an unhealthy appreciation and a love of this film. So much so that I not have one, but I have two movie-sized po- uh, actual theatrical release posters of the movie Cabin Boy. One given to me by my sweet brother, the other from my dear friend Sean Laskowitz, a uh, former guest on the show. So I have two full-size movie posters of Cabin Boy. Oh, and can can we give a shout out to Melora Walters who plays the uh, um, the swimmer? Yeah, who is, al- who is also the the mother in Butterfly Effect, but her best role in in Cold Mountain, where she takes down her drawers and says, "Ride me to China." So <laughs> we definitely have a theme going on today. We do that. We do. <laughs> and speaking of themes, Jeremy. You have been working diligently this week on a new theme song that we're going to debut, and uh, it would take us through maybe the writing process and set this up for us a little bit. Well, you know, we have our our our, our friends and and real professionals try to try to steer the show into just horror movies, but the original concept was video games, horror films, comedy, and midgets. 
And so, I, I can honestly say we, we've not talked about, I don't think, a video game on this show I, in hundreds of episodes. It's in our theme song. We, do, we very rarely talk about a video game. And I, and I, and I you know, I, I think I was right in, in the diversification and uh, that we're, we're, we need to diversify more. And uh, oh, okay. I, I, so, so I added just a, just one or two more topics to our to our show theme. So okay, so you want you, instead of like where everyone else in podcast is going into a very f- like laser focused niche market, you're expand. You're trying to become the cheesecake factory of. Uh, you're trying to expand the menu um, right now. I want to go for either the Walmart or the Costco. Okay, you're going for the Costco of. All right, well let's give in major bulk. L- let's give a listen to see what Jeremy did for our new theme song. Let's. See uh, and uh, you know, listeners, if you like it or if you hate it, get back with us. Let us know. Send us DMs or comment on the episode and let us know what you guys think of this one. And Ashley, this is the first time Ashley's ever heard this, so Ashley, I'm sure we'll let uh, uh, get the first take on all this. So here we go: the new Quality Time theme song. <laughs> Awareness was uh, was a surprise. I, I, I forgot environmental awareness and jewelry and jewelry. Um, can, can I be honest? I do want to really give Jeremy my heartfelt feedback. Yes, please, please. I love it, um, but I, I have to tell you that I feel like the LGBTQA plus community was really left out on this one. Well, you know, we always talk about gays. Yeah, so. well, that's a, that's a staple of we, just our of our actions. We I call I cover the whole thing with just gays. Okay. <laughs> You're right. That is the right catch-all. But but if I say it as that, it'll sound as if I'm being prejudiced. Well, we had gay. we had gay rights at uh, advocate Christopher Stevo on very recently, so I mean You're that's right. that's really well, comfortable. Maybe we just need to add in a queer time corner. <laughs> Well, I, I do my best to talk about pedophiles as much as possible. So. But and, all, and also, um, I'm sorry to say our podcast is going to be like six hours long every episode. Yeah, now. yeah, we're we're not we're not making it shorter. We're making it longer. So, it's involving so more. We're of our just lives. making it an extra hour longer. I love it. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh man, that's uh good good work, Jeremy. Now we'll we'll maybe we'll think about some of the other topics. I thought this was a power move to bring it up on the show, but uh, you know, either way, you know, live your truth, brother. Live your look, truth. Look, once we get that crop reports niche, we're we're gonna go into the hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love I love it. You're right. Instead of doing honest Ash, I can just just do Ashley's almanac and then every day I just go through how the crops are looking. Speaking of honest Ash, is, is there an is honest, honest Ash this week? This is honest Ash. It's going to be raining like my wet vajay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you know what? Do I have an honest Ash this week? Um, I'm um nah, I'm gonna pass this week. Okay. I think yeah, I just I don't have anything super juicy slash I feel like I'm always having the same types of experiences. Like I'm shitting myself, I'm bleeding to death, I've got a rash, <laughs> I've been stealing from people. Like it's always the same. <laughs> you could have or never have enough good rash rash stories. It's been so weird. Like I, they're right now they're just calling it post COVID because they just don't they just throw all this stuff under the same thing. But I'm hoping when I get vaccinated next week, that it's just gonna somehow magically make me less ugly. Hot <laughs> did, that's how vaccines work, right? Hot vax. Did, did yes. you ever watch the TV show called Sledgehammer? There's zero chance. I will fact I'll bet. All right, thank you. That, that starred uh, the the actor David Rash in it. Unfortunate last name. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that would be good. That should be like your last name, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> I have sores everywhere. <laughs> All right. Maybe sometime, Jeremy, we can get together and just rub our weird skin together and see what happens. I got weird skin. I don't think it's weird. I think it's very standard skin. Did I forget you talking to me about your weird skin? Oh, no. I'm talking about my rash. Like, that's weird. Like, rub my rash. Here's what's going to happen. It's like the movie Outbreak. We're going to rub my weird rash against your psoriasis, and we're going to form, like, some weird skin flake baby who's crawling around in the dirt. Well, if we say the right words when it happens, you turn into an eagle, and I turn into a bucket of water. Kalima, Kalima, Shukdide. You're the Wonder Twins now. Yeah, yeah. You touch the shape you touch of source. a bucket of water. Form of a hoe. I mean, I mean a farm implement, not like a prostitute. Not a no, prostitute. I knew what you meant. <laughs> so. Let's get into, uh, I guess without further ado, let's get into tonight's movie. I'm excited about it. It is the 1985, do I call it a classic? All right, the 1985 movie, The Stuff, uh, directed by Larry Cohen, who, out of all the B directors there are that we cover, you know, the David Cronenbergs of the world, the uh, the, the Hen and Lotters, I think Larry Cohen is probably my least favorite B movie director. His the just it's all it's like it's not quite bad enough where it's great like a like a Lloyd Kaufman would bring to us, but it's not good enough to make me really love it either at the same time. Well, Eric, what else has he directed that I would know? Uh, have you seen Q the Winged Serpent before? Uh, oh, that's uh that's. They did that on Joe Bob's uh, last drive-in as one of the episodes. Uh, Cue the Winged Serpent is probably one of his one of the most unwatchable movies in the whole world. Uh, also starring Michael Moriarty, who stars in this film. Um, <laughs> there's Jeremy's holding up a picture of uh, Larry Cohen right now. Oh God! Um, did you? Uh, did, I know you're a Shutter subscriber. Did you watch that? Uh, the the Shutter documentary series where it like went through all the 80s year by year horror films that came out. 
I did. It's been a few months, so like I don't remember everything off the top of my fr- my head. But yeah, they make some fucking awesome he, like behind the scenes stuff on Shutter. He's one of the talking heads that they have on uh, on there. But uh, he, you know, for all the movies that he's directed, which there's listen, there's not a lot of great movies. I think that he's directed. The stuff is probably one of his better movies. Jeremy, what's your mm-hmm. favorite Larry Cohen movie? Uh, I would say his most famous has to be uh, Phone Booth that he wrote. He didn't direct it, but that was the ballsy film that uh, was like a, a joke film that Alfred Hitchcock's like, yeah, why don't I just make a whole movie from a phone booth? No, like, I, yeah. I get it. Like he, so right, as a writer, he's actually written a bunch of really cool stories. Like he didn't direct it, but he helped write Maniac Cop and a bunch of other horror films but the ones he's directed God, God told me to yeah uh there he's 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 also been a, a wrote a bulk of the uh perfect stranger series so <laughs> uh, in case you in case you needed more uh more uh, did he write perfect for... strangers the movie I don't, <laughs> I don't know man i don't know dude no, you, you gotta mention it's alive. Yeah, it's alive. Uh, is uh, which spawned two other sequels afterwards too. He did create. I'm that. embarrassed. I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, it's uh the thing I remember most about it's alive is not the movie itself, but that it had a really cool uh uh, uh video like uh the front of the VHS when you could rent it is this picture of the skull with the eyeballs. It's very Evil Dead Two looking. Uh, very cool that. artwork for it. By the way, the best sound of an evil of an evil monster baby, where it's just over and over again, you hear a, 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 a an echoing. <laughs> oh, so Woodworth baby, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, the stuff actually came from uh, uh, writer and director Larry Cohen's own mind. Uh, he said it was all based on consumerism and is because, you know, when we were in the 80s, all these things were constantly getting recalled about how they're killing us and giving us cancer and the people are putting it back out. So I said, you know what? That's how the movie The Stuff gets made. So uh, that's. Did I mention, mention my own Larry Cohen? No, no. Uh, Larry Cohen was the vice principal of Howard High School. Mm. And for some reason, one day I was pulled into the vice principal's office of Larry Cohen, not knowing what the fuck I did, why I was there. All of a sudden, he explains to me, um, Jeremy, can you talk about this that we found on the walls? And my girlfriend, in her very fine penmanship, had wrote, Jeremy Woodmiss hate Jeremy Woodworth hates Jewish people on the walls. <laughs> and I'm like, what the? I never even made I never even made anti-Jewish jokes when I was that young. And yeah, I'm it like, took years and, later until you came up with these bits. Right. Yeah, I had to learn <laughs> to be a dick. You know, but it, it, my girlfriend did this shit just because I liked to fucking party on the weekends and that was her way of getting back at me. And she's like, We know that Nicole did this already, so don't worry. I'm like, fucking bitch. Actually, <laughs> I look bitch. as messed up as that is, I understand her because I do the same thing to Eric. Mm-hmm. I write at other comedy clubs. Eric Woodworth hearts Sully's comedy. So <laughs> that is true. That is true. Only in the Magoobies bathroom. And that's so. actually more anti-Semitic to the owner of Magoobies than saying <laughs> like the K word. 
<laughs> I'd be allowed back if uh, if he found that out. So or 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 or, uh, or Ashley waits until um, a certain owner falls asleep and she writes it on his forehead. So. Yes, yes, with my name on it. Yes, classic, classic Eric Woodworth bit. So uh, the. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, he's uh the movie starts out with this old miner fella who's uh seeing the stuff ooze out from the ground, which is a it's a white gelatinous looking substance. And uh Jeremy, I, I have a little audio clip, but I feel like you really channel this guy guy's voice more than anything. What the hell is this? So smooth. It's real good. Tasty. Sweet. It's like they could have hired you for this role right here. Go, oh, this is very good. Sweet you know, with stuff. another hundred dollars they could have gotten the uh, the bum from Back to the Future or the uh the guy who was the president in uh Escape from New York. They say if I put this on, I'm the president. So. <laughs> yeah, I think he sounds a lot like the guy from uh, the bum from UHF. He's like, this is a Rolex. <laughs> Thanks for giving me that special penny. I got this. They missed an opportunity to have the Smuckers guy being just like, Smuckers remembers. At any time, if I ever get a script for a movie, I just look down. Is there a bum in this movie? I want to be the bum. Just let me be the bum. (laughs) So, uh... This old miner finds it. He loves the stuff coming up out of the ground. Uh, we also get to meet Jason, who is a uh, a small child who uh, goes downstairs and sees the stuff coming out of the little ice cream container on the fridge and moving around. He doesn't like it, nor does he ever want to eat it. Um, and I I, th- I then pulled uh, this this wonderful uh, commercial for the stuff here. Here's a, a commercial that was airing during the movie. When I was a little girl, I didn't think there was anything that I liked better than ice cream. Now I'm a big girl, and I've decided there's something I like better, much better. It's called the stuff. And believe me, enough is never enough. Also, I smoked four packs of Virginia Slims right before I started this commercial. I do not like this commercial at all. I'm like, I don't believe you were ever a little girl at any point. When I was a young girl, when I only smoked one pack a day, I then turned 13 now, and I can't get enough of the stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you call the stuff. You can add it to any product, so it's like, I also use the stuff vaginal cream. So. <laughs> Actually, it does kind of look like monostat. You can never get enough. Enough is never enough. <laughs> so, uh, my, my, my favorite is the old guy who finds the stuff just in, in the snow and it's moving like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, don't, why don't you taste that? You know, you should put it in your mouth. You we, know? we could shout. Thank you. I made a note. I made a note that says the idea that you would taste anything like that just by looking at it going, this may be glue, but I'm still going to put it in my mouth. It's so Jimmy, get over here. No, it's not come this time. I swear. It's a real good tasted, <laughs> tasted white substance I found in the woods. <laughs> it was on the floor in the toilet, and I thought it might be cum, and I tried. Oh, it was come again. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it, it's come again. 
This is the third time this week. <laughs> I found a funny cup on the roadside that looked like a vagina in a cup. And I saw some white stuff, and I take oh, it was come again! I can't believe Damn it. it. There it everywhere. Oh, Jeremy. Jeremy, I want you to write a song called "It's Come Again." <laughs> well, let me see if I can call up Dexy's Midnight Runners, see if they're doing this weekend. Come on, Eileen. No, um. So uh, next, we get to see these big corporate bigwigs on their yacht uh, trying to steal the secret of the stuff. And the only way they know how to do that is to bring in David Mo Rutherford, played by Michael Moriarty, uh, who is a professional corporate espionage guy. Uh, he introduces himself as Mo Rutherford and then comes in there. And I like that he just plays this man with a southern accent and a drawl like this. Uh, so he uh, explains uh, what he does here. We've never had so much trouble getting information out of a company. Oh, don't you worry about that. Every stone wall has a chink in it. Uh, I'll get in. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mo, please relax. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I made a note that says he has too much confidence for a man with that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so let's listen to some more about how he's going to impress these corporate bigwigs. Inside there, I penetrate the company. I do some damage. But it's going to be expensive, believe me. Hey, look, we don't want to know how you do it. Just, uh, do it. I know, I understand. You guys don't like me. Uh, I heard it on the tap there. Uh, someone said I've been fired from the FBI, and that I've been uh, blackballed, and that I was obscene. Uh, someone here said I was obscene. Somebody here. Who said I was obscene? How the hell did you know that? Well, while you were at the Metropolitan Opera last night, I just happened to be walking through your hotel room and I drop this in your pocket. Oh, and there's a wiretap. Look oh, at shit. that, a little microphone that he does. Uh, I just, I also love this movie. One thing about the stuff, and I think Larry Cohen in general, is he's so obsessed with being on budget that, like, I swear everything in this movie is one take. Because there's there's definitely times where, like, uh, uh, <laughs> he's walking around and we're like, I probably would have reshot that. And Larry's like, nope, we got all the information we needed right there. Who fuck, Who gives a shit if he fucked up his line? Next one, film costs money. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, I like to think that right after this film, he went to do to do Pale Rider, which was probably the height of his career with uh, Clint Eastwood. Mm -hmm. But uh, just soon after, he went to Troll. Yeah, so, he is in. He wait, is the star who, of Troll. Michael Moriarty. So wait, so he he was in Pale Rider, is what you're saying? Yeah, he was almost. He was the secondary uh, uh, co-star practically. So. Oh, that makes sense because he's definitely almost translucent. <laughs> I did. A I, sequel to Pale Rider, translucent rider. I did. I'm glad you mentioned that he is. He is the dad from the movie Troll because uh, that would be in the. This is the second Michael Moriarty uh, st starring film that we've uh, gone over. So very good, and one that he co-stars with a child in, which is another <clears throat> another tidbit. And our only Harry Potter film we've ever done. That is, that is true. That is true. Harry Potter versus the stuff. No, the troll is the her first Harry Potter. So, uh, they uh, the the corporate folks are impressed that they slipped the wire in on them, and uh, they say this. Well, you know, Mr. Rutherford. Yes, sir. I don't think you're quite as dumb as you appear to be. 
No one is as dumb as I appear to be. <laughs> that is, and that is how I will always say that from now on. <laughs> That's also my favorite line from Forrest Gump. <laughs> Michael Moriarty is Forrest Gump. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of, Chet Hanks. God, what a piece of shit. Uh, anyway, next, uh, we're going through here. Uh, he leaves there after he punches one of the guys and takes his money and says, ah, this will be enough to get started here. Uh, Jason's family doesn't believe him, though, uh, back at home, that the stuff moves when he slaps it out of their hands. And uh, he uh, then goes... Uh, Rutherford gets started looking at, at, at the stuff in the lab, but they can't figure out what it is, so he's definitely going to have to steal it. Uh, Michael, uh, Mo then takes himself to the uh, the set of where they're shooting a commercial for the stuff, which is they're just using straight sexual tactics of ladies in, in bikinis, eating the stuff, walking down runways. It's it's very 80s. I did enjoy the hell out of the, the photo shoot that they're doing. I have to say though, I would believe I would believe it more and be more likely to buy it if it was like some two X plus size big bitches that are like, I love this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, these fat girls know what's up. Like they they love it. They know it's tasty. Well, that's the trick of the stuff. It only has five calories, so you can eat an entire thing of it and it's like nothing. That's why it's that's why it's so it's such great stuff. Did they this ever do a so sequel bad. to this movie? Uh no, why? What would the sequel be called, Jeremy? Um, uh, the stuff to um alien jism. <laughs> and the whole movie is just seeing where this stuff came from, and it, when an alien just jizzes on the ground somewhere, so. it seeps <laughs> in. If I made a sequel, I would call it the shit because as soon as you're done eating all of the stuff, you're going to take a massive dump. <laughs> I would say if I had to guess what the stuff was, because it's never really, uh, other than it just being evil, it never really tells you what it is. But I would say it's uh, the the stay bust marshmallow man and it's all of his bust oh. you know that's his climax every time like I'm nothing pure evil here. I know it's a little late now to do it because he's dead but if I would start off the stuff too it would start off with uh, Wilford Brimley just eating a big bowl of the stuff and how it's going to take over the world and how he thinks it tastes like jism. So. He's like, it will, it will take over my soul, but it won't raise my blood sugar levels. <laughs> the stuff. It's the right thing to do. It's jism. So Mo does go break up the commercial shoot so he can talk to Nicole, who's the lead advertiser selling the stuff, and says he wants to buy out her company uh, so that she could sell something much more safer, petroleum. Um, now, uh, right after that, she's a. Uh, I like that when you look at Michael Moriarty, even in this movie, he just looks like a regular da soccer dad from the 80s. And she's just like, oh my God, clear my schedule and get my pussy ready because I got to fuck this guy right now. <laughs> Can we also talk about the fact that when he first meets those executives and he meets her, he does the exact same spiel about his name being Mo. I'm like, bruh, stop trying to make this nickname work. People like you in high school were the worst. 
Yes. <laughs> people who name them gives themselves their own nickname are the worst people in the whole world. A nickname has to come out of a place of hatred and 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 in ra- a way that at one time it was to harass you in some way and then you win by embracing the name. Like me, I was Easy E. I got called Easy E because I listened to NWA one day when I showed up to football practice and guess who was just Easy E for the rest of his goddamn life? This guy right oh. here. Let's be honest, Eric. It was not Easy E. I'm pretty sure watching you run up and down the field, it was Wheezy E. <laughs> <laughs> I will say in in college when the name spread, because uh, my friend Greg brought it to uh, the Salisbury University where I went to school, uh, one of the, the rugby captains at first, they were like, hey, I heard your nickname's Easy. More like fucking lazy, you fat piece of shit. That's the first thing I heard. <laughs> <laughs> my first day. So for a while, Aww, my name was I'm just... my name was Lazy until I almost got into fisticuffs with somebody over it. <laughs> I did not, not accept the not name Lazy. lazy. <laughs> I would say you're not lazy. You were a good athlete. Again, Easy E is better than Asquatch. <laughs> Uh, so yeah lazy what do i look like forrest whitaker's eye get the fuck out of here um (laughs) next (laughs) so nicole and uh mo have a bit of sexual attention meanwhile jason the little kid who looks like the uh squints from the fucking sandlot gang is running around the uh store trying to destroy all of the stuff hey give me that and I like this I love this music of just a kid I'm like he's just a kid destroying stuff just stop him like, oh god he's destroying commercial goods ah, get him so, so that's it's just like any other kid from Baltimore that does that to stores exactly if you don't give a damn we don't give a fuck so, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the mother's just like that's just what he does <laughs> so uh, next, we uh, uh, Mo tracks down Mr. Vickers, who's played by Danny Aiello, uh, a big name actor. I feel like for this film, uh, and Danny Aiello is one of the uh, FDA guys who approved the stuff to be made and uh, mass produced for everybody in the United States. And we get to hear a little bit of uh, him right here. How long was it tested before you approved it? You've got to understand that. This is a dessert, not a prescription medicine. Not any different from yogurt or ice cream. Hey, what's in the stuff? I mean, what's it made out of? How's it made? What was your name again? Rutherford. Rutherford. Mo Rutherford. See, I hope. Well, look, I, I hope you're not going to tell me now that there's been some trouble. I mean, someone's allergic to it. Well, that would upset you, wouldn't it? Look, all we can do is look uh, for something common to most people. Now, if there is no reason to forbid the use of a product, then we have to okay it. And, and, and in this case, uh, it would, in this case, it, would, it, it was a pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure because I love it. I love it. Oh, well, yeah. you eat the stuff? Well, all the time. I feed it to Ben. Ben has some. You feed the dog? Absolutely. Those? Ben eats it all the time. Right, Ben? And Ben is like a giant, uh, I believe, um, Doberman, Doberman or Great Dane even. He's a gigantic, enormous 
fucking dog, though. He's a Doberman. <laughs> Is it a Doberman? I don't think it's a Doberman. He looks like he has a Great Dane's face. No, that's a Doberman, Eric. That's what they look like. No. They're, br- they're got brown in the snout and then like kind of right in the back of their legs, but they're black everywhere else. Very pointy ears. I'm just saying, I don't, I, I know what a Doberman looks like. I was a dog like. trainer for five years. Are we going to do this? <laughs> I don't know. Let's Google it up. Let's see it. Because I I got a good feeling that it's a Great Dane, a black Great Dane. That's if what I I'm think. If I'm right, I want your Tales from the Crypt collection. <laughs> Can I Whoa, can I can I just lend it, it? Can I lend it don't to do you? It. It's can I just send hey, you twenty dollars? <laughs> I'll tell oh you. Oh my what. god! Yeah, let's let's make this a regular thing in our our relationship. Every time you're wrong, just send me money. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just do a continuous payment of twenty dollars a week because <laughs> that is I make bold statements that are wrong all the time. Um, I guess, you know, it's something I didn't get out of the way earlier in the show is that uh, the titular line was used multiple times and I totally glanced over it and we just haven't listened to this version of the titular line in a long time. So here we go. There you go. That's that's Jeremy Woodworth's classic titular line song. Oh, I'm so tired of all these Star Wars. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, he mentions uh, to Vickers uh, on the way out that... Uh, oh, No, she's I'm, not frozen. No, we're not frozen. You're fucking around. She, lo- she oh. looked like she was frozen. She just didn't move her head for a second. Now uh, I'm Googling the dog. Vickers uh. goes up to uh, go get the uh, some documents, and while he's left with the dog, he's like... Hey, you look kind of hungry there, fella. Maybe we'll go get you a little treat. And he walks in, and he sees the entire kitchen is filled with the stuff. And he's like, okay, maybe I'll need to go just back my way out of here. And uh, as he leaves and gets the documents, he says he'll return them after he makes some photocopies. Uh, but shortly after Moon leaves, the the dog uh, attacks Vickers for not getting him his stuff in, in time. And uh, you just see the dog's mouth like totally elongate in this pretty cool effect where the dog just about to bite. Just fucking no! Don't ever run out of the stuff. Otherwise, your dog, who is most likely a Great Dane, and that she is looking up right now. You're on mute, and I can see that you're upset that I said that. <laughs> but you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> Just mouth fuck you to me. Just so you know, just so you know, listeners, she did she did mouth that. Um, now, as uh, as uh, as it movie goes on, uh, we next we get to meet oh fucking uh, Chocolate Charlie, who is uh, played by Garrett Morris, SNL alumni. Uh, now, funny story about this character. It's based off of famous famous Amos cookies. Uh, it was uh, the the inspiration between behind Chocolate Charlie, who is the defunct former owner of the company that produces the stuff. But they all cut him out, and apparently he also knows kung fu. Immediately gets into a kung fu fight because fucking Chocolate Charlie's got lethal motherfucking hands. And uh, luckily, this middle aged schlubby translucent white dude somehow gives him a run for his money classic whitewashing of how a street fight would work but uh they they reach a little bit of agreement and uh you get to hear chocolate charlie explain his position and why he's down here looking for clues 
as well. You're chocolate chip Charlie. Well, I sure as hell ain't the Kentucky Colonel. Get off of me. Uh, I'm sorry. What what are you doing down here in a town like this? Big executive like you. I'm trying to find out something about the son of bitches who stole my company out from under me and threw me out on my beautiful black ass. You work for them, huh? I'm investigating them, same as you are. Yeah, those shits. Somehow, man, they got to my asshole brother and my two idiot nephews and everybody else I trusted would stop. And they brainwashed them, man. Next yeah, thing I, I knew, they was in and I was out. Yeah, okay, Charlie. Well, now, did you, did you find anything out? What you gonna find out, man, in a town that has just been dried up and blown away, oh, man? man. Uh, now, fun story about uh, Garrett Morris. Originally, the um, the casting director, uh, or I'm sorry, the director, uh, Cohen, wanted a uh, different young up-and-coming African-American. He wanted to cast Arsenio Hall in this, but they were like, no, nah, we're going with Garrett Morris, the more established young gentleman. But uh, I think Arsenio ended up doing all right without being in the stuff. Uh, and also, uh, go ahead, Jerry. But, but by the way, uh, there's only one actual part that I know of famous Amos. And if you guys ever catch a repeat of uh, Taxi, there's an episode where Lodka decides to make his own uh, cookies, but he forgets that his 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 uh, uh, original recipe from his homeland actually involves a lot of cocaine. So he stays up making these cookies all night. <laughs> And that he has like hallucinations that the real famous Amos comes into his living room. It's like, hey, man, so you failed at making cookies. Why don't you make something else? But I, this must this can't be real. It's like, no, it isn't. You're high as a fucking kite, man. But try to try something else. <laughs> so, and, and he literally like floats back up into the ceiling, into the sky, doing like the same pose that apparently famous Amos did in like ads ah. in the 80s. So. Uh, another fun thing, Garrett Morris was asked in an interview um, for the Anchor Bay version of this DVD. Um, it, they, they asked Garrett Morris if, uh, you know, um, Mr. Cohen is a bit of a, uh, uh, Larry Cohen is a bit of a character. He said, did you have anything to say about uh, working with Larry Cohen? And his only response was, my mother My mother always said, if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything nice at all. And then awkward silence. <laughs> so apparently he didn't really like director Larry Cohen very much uh, through the shooting of this film. Uh, now, after that... Uh, so Charlie and the uh, uh, is disgruntled. They go to head to a PO box that is like this little like it's like a post office slash convenience store. They walk in to try to find the answers where things have been getting forwarded to. Uh, they do find a small town in Georgia where all the people from the original company have moved to, but the shop owner wants them to leave. They're not causing any trouble, um, so he dips out the back, and as Mo and Charlie start to discuss abducting this guy, the, stone or the store owner's mouth elongates, and the stuff just starts flowing out of him and then makes a dip out the window, which is a, a decently cool effect. Now, a fun thing to know about the stuff uh, proper, which is just this white, gelatinous-looking goo that comes out of it, apparently it, uh, the mixture that they used was made of ground-up fish, uh, fish bones, and they said it smelled 
smelled so bad that a lot of times if the actors ever had to touch it, they would immediately go to like the closest body of water outside and just get into it to get the fucking smell off of them. Because, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, you know, movie magic. Don't make it something really nice and pleasant. Make it fish guts, and that will really terrify the people working with it. I thought it was like just that regular marshmallow stuff that you buy in the in the jars at at, at, at the store. What is that? Uh, you talk about uh, what is it? Fluff or whatever? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Ashley, how's the dog search going? Nobody knows the answer. I have to prove you wrong, otherwise I'm going to be unhappy the rest of the day. <laughs> Can I just give you twenty dollars to stop searching for the answer at this point? Oh my god! Like I'm never going to say no to that, of course. But I still need to know that I'm better than you. I would. I would vote for the Doberman just because I'm pretty sure it was a Doberman. I think it's a Great Dane, but that's just me. This oh. is the this is the thing that makes me think it's a great Dane. And here, l- listen, l- at least let me hear hear my thinking out, so you can call me an idiot extra. Okay, now I think it's a great Dane just from like the shot because it's such a. If you look at it next to Danny Aiello when it's being shot, it's like a, almost up to his like nipple about how tall this dog is. And Dobermans, while they are a big dog, that's like a great Dane size. So here's the thing. Here's also the why I I am against that. One, I used to work with dogs, but two, I used to have a Doberman that was a regular client and he was unfixed. And when you do not fix a dog, depending again, especially like on a bigger breed dog, they tend to be bigger. They grow bigger. He was a huge fucking dog. And again, the pointy ears. Um, 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 oh my God, Eric, I have to prove you wrong. Because if you're right, I will kill myself. The Great Danes have more of like a box face versus the snout that's like a thin, thin they have, snout. Yeah, and that's what I don't feel like he snout? has a, he doesn't have a thin snout. I feel like it's a thick snout. I'll show you a thick snout. <laughs> I will not because I don't have one. Anyway. Uh, what if it was a Labradoodle? <laughs> if we're both, if we find out it's just movie magic and it's a fucking Yorkie, I lose my it's shit. <laughs> so uh, dogs look a lot different once you shave them. So uh, they break into the back room where the stuff is left. That shop owner to see the husk that's left behind. That is that uh, shop owner. Uh, Charlie and Mo then leave, but are chased by crazy townsfolk. Luckily, Charlie's hands are fucking lethal, and so are Mo's. Uh, they knock some dude's jaw clear off. <laughs> one part and uh another one they chop in the neck and he starts spitting stuff out of his neck and luckily they're able to escape by boat uh so this really shows that the, the stuff makes people actually like uh chocolate covered ice cream so you know you're almost like a shell that's covered in chocolate mm. yeah it makes sense to me i'd like chocolate covered ice cream so the next day they head to the uh the local diner charlie and mo uh and uh charlie sends uh uh, i'm sorry mo sends charlie to washington to talk to his former fbi buddy frank herbert now uh 
to most people, Frank Herbert doesn't mean anything. It's not a real FBI guy. But Frank Herbert is also the sci-fi writer of the, one of the most famous franchises of all time, Dune. So uh, Frank Herbert with a shout out in the middle of the stuff here. Uh, they part ways and uh, they notice that the lady back there is completely uh, is one of the stuffies, quote unquote, as she is a wall of stuff back si- backstage. So. Uh, Mo is being watched by the crazed stuffies and almost gets run over at one part as he returns back to New York. Um, he then meets the CEO of uh, the stuff, and uh, that guy tries to bribe Mo. Uh, and when he asks about Georgia, he says that's where everyone disappeared to. So uh, next, uh, Mo reads an article, and this is the most improbable thing about this movie, is Mo just reads an article about Jason, the little kid who was just trying to destroy stuff, and he, he's like, I need to find this child. He clearly knows something we don't. And why why he thinks that, I have no clue, but uh, Jason is already busy having his own problems with the family. So what are you looking at? Is that dinner? We're dieting. I've lost five pounds already this week, and I've never felt better. Why are you talking like you're on a commercial? Here, Jason. Take some. You know what I said about that. That was the truth. And you know that there is something alive in there. Jason, I mean, there's something alive in yogurt. It's called benign bacteria. Yes. I mean, there's something alive in a loaf of bread. It's yeast. I mean, that's a living organism. Mm-hmm. We yeah. eat plenty of things that are still alive that are good for us. I know that, but that was moving. All microorganisms move, Jason. I mean, if you could see them with the naked eye. Yeah. I mean, under a microscope, you can see them move. So what's the difference? They're good for us, Jason. They kill the bad things inside us. (laughs) So they give him an ultimatum to go and eat his own little box of stuff, and he takes it up. Did anybody recognize the game he's playing? Uh, No, I didn't. What game is he playing, Jeremy? And what system was it on? Um, Ooh, I'll I... come back to it. I thought it, I thought it was a defender, <laughs> but I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. I don't know what it is either. So you could just tell our listeners; they'd probably believe I, you. I still have it in my head. I can't. It'll take me another minute. Sorry, Jeremy. Do you also want to bet with me? <laughs> what the game is? Do you actually know what it is? No. All right. So no, uh, no, I play. I played the game and I recognize it. I can't, just can't remember it off the top of my head. So, uh. Uh, Jason then goes upstairs with the stuff, and then he flushes it down the toilet as the stuff tries to escape its watery grave, uh, and then fills up his empty uh, ice cream container with uh, with shaving cream that he then goes downstairs and starts shoveling into his mouth, which seems like a horrible... Uh, seems like a horrible... Like, like, shaving cream is tasteless, but it can't taste good. Like, oh, God, what a horrible idea. Uh, but... The family wises up to his tricks, and he has to go make a run for it. And what could be the funniest part of this being chased? Mo pulls up. Get in the car. Who are you? I saw it move to. Get in the back. I'm a random molester. Hop in my vehicle. I'm a southern <laughs> man who's here to abduct children. You ever heard of Johnny Gotch? Guess what? You're about to join him. Um, by the way, I did if you just want to say, though, that I... I also will go to the bathroom and flush the stuff out of me once once a guy's <laughs> offered it to me. 
<laughs> so he gets into a random guy's car who clearly looks like a man who likes to diddle children. Real Woody Allen vibes. And uh, he throws up while he's in the back there. I kind of just threw up in your car. I know. I'm sorry. I mean, That's I just right. ate shaving cream. Everybody has to eat shaving cream once in a while. <laughs> You know, it's that classic tale when my daddy said every time once in a while, you got to eat a whole ball of shaving cream so you feel right in the world. You know you know the best thing about when uh, Woody Allen picks up kids in his rape van? <laughs> no, tell me, tell me the best part. The best part is as soon as he gets them in and he looks at them and he plays his little flute. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, Jerry, you're a fucking idiot, and I love it. Um, so uh, he then wisps this child who's not going to be sexually assaulted onto a got jet. It. I just got it. He's playing joust. He's playing joust. There you go, joust. Yeah, every every time a new bird forms, he's like. Burr, burr, burr. That does yes. make sense. So uh, I've only played like a hundred hours of it. So so they uh, they get on a jet with Nicole to go head to the stuff distribution center. They leave Jason on the plane, and uh, while he's on the plane, the pilot gets overtaken as the play- thing is getting flooded with the stuff, uh, so he has to make an escape by the very same shop owner who, before the stuff had left him, I, they just keep using him. I don't know if the stuff leaves you that you're dead, but I guess it can just come back into you and you're alive again. It makes no sense. You're just a human puppet for the fucking gooey deliciousness. You know that um, all, it all forms back at Wilford Brimley as it goes into his hands becomes the giant yes stuff so uh jason then ends up uh getting to uh one of the the mining site i guess where they're mining the stuff which seems like it's walking distance from the place where they landed makes no sense at all uh but he ends up in one of the empty tankers that carries the stuff from uh the mine back to the factory um the worst part is that the uh the sluice things always break down when you try to mine the stuff now they don't, they don't get it all, all the time. That is true. That is true. See, now, um, it, while this is all happening, Nicole and and uh, Mo go to the factory, and they just they don't get to see anything, just the bottling process of everything. And everyone seems to be very hush-hush about the secret ingredient to the stuff, which is that it just is mined from the ground and that it's satanic. Anyway, uh, Mo and Nicole then just decide to go back to the motel and are just... At no point have they realized that Jason has been abducted or he's not fine. They're just like, oh, we'll just leave him on a fucking plane. Who gives a shit? It's not important that this kid is missing. Big whoop. And as they're sleeping, this uh, stuff commercial comes on here. Here now, great new day sensation. Light and free now. Get you elevation. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough of the stuff. The stuff, the taste that makes you hungry for more. The stuff, taste that delivers. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough of the stuff. Does everybody think the same thing when they hear that is when uh, Tony Montana is talking to the Columbia? You got the stuff? You got the stuff? Yeah, you got, got the money? It. So uh, while this is all happening, though, as uh, Nicole and Mo lay on the bed sleeping, most likely after some brutal coitus between the two of them that had to have lasted at least 90 seconds, we see 
the stuff. I <laughs> see the stuff burst hey, out of the pillow that he's sleeping marathon. on. <laughs> we see the stuff burst out of the pillow and get all over uh, Sweet Mo's face and latch onto him. And uh, she has a wonderful idea of how to fix this situation. <laughs> So she pours lighter fluid on his face and then lights his face on fire so that he can escape the stuff. And uh, it somehow works, and he's unscathed after getting his face lit on fire. Then uh, another goon comes in the door. He's like, hey, what are you guys doing in here? And then the stuff comes from the bed and starts just plastering this guy up against the wall as it slowly makes him go all the way up to the steel ceiling and just it, the stuff attacks now a fun part with this is a pretty fun scene and it's some cool special effects jeremy and ashley i bet you, maybe you didn't know this but this scene was actually filmed in the exact same room that they had built for nightmare on elm street part one to do the blood effect where the where johnny depp gets sucked into the bed and shoots up like that so a uh, pretty cool little piece of movie trivia that's what, funny you say that because i have a note that says this is nightmare on elm street but with calm <laughs> uh, it also speaks to the the directorship of uh one uh mr larry cohen who's just like what are they doing with that nightmare on elm street set hey can i use you can i use your spinning room real quick i got some cum to throw in there and i got a guy to kill it's also oh. like the thing oh but with calm but with cup. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm I'm really sorry, but I have to give a minute to uh, how I was like the biggest dick this weekend. Okay, yeah, and, go for it. And how I started Friday morning with sending this video of this guy who who apparently had a demon in his house that was like fucking with his his door. Did you guys both see that? I did watch your demon video from uh, Discovery Plus. Yes, I did. Which, by the way, my wife watched it at work and literally screamed. And had to cover up the phone just when the the zoom in on the demon's face. That's not the bad part. Because I thought that was fucking hilarious. Because it did kind of creep me out as well. Until yesterday night, my wife goes to to, to take the laundry downstairs. He's like, why is this door locked? I'm like, well, it's probably the demon on the ceiling doing it. (laughs) She fucking loses it and is almost in tears like... Why did you fucking say that? You know that fucking video scared the fuck out. And she's almost in tears. And I'm like, don't fucking smile. Don't smile while she's doing this. Although, yeah, you, you push it another thing. You're going to suck at something, something thrown at you. But, uh, yeah, I, she would not let. I had to go down into the basement with her. And she's like, you, you put something down there to scare me now. I know you fucking did something. So, but no, I, I, I didn't even push it. But it, there was just... An easy push in the bus, an easy button to push, and I pushed it. So I think you had it right the first time. Um, I am so angry. Yeah, why? Why are you so angry? Eric might be right. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck God yes! damn it! Yes! The rage. No one can confirm it, but when I went back and watched the scene again, he's missing the normal markings I would see on a Doverman like I thought I did. I fucking don't like Eric. I was with hey, you what? all along, Ash. I'm going to take the fall on this one, too. Hey, um, 
because I thought it was a Yorkie. I will uh, accept all praise as being the smartest man in the world at any moment when you guys want to send it. Uh, I'm just kidding. Actually, no, it's a, it's a, it's an honest mistake. I never. Eric is the only man who ever had a woman accept she was wrong about anything. <laughs> Ashley's gonna rip my balls off. (laughs) And then she ripped his balls off. (laughs) (sighs) I'm just kidding, Ashley. No, no, it's it's fine. I'm not I'm not the type of person to like rub it in or do something like that. That's not me. It's all good. I can't wait to see you at the next Wits End Open Mic. No, we'll see each other soon. We'll uh, enjoy my next stand-up set where Ashley is hosting, and I will not be able to feature because uh, my testicles have been removed as earrings that I'll be wearing for the rest of the night. So, very fun times. Check us out. Harford Zone shout-outs. Now, listen... After they leave this burning hotel room that they just burned down this entire motel after the uh, the stuff gets loose, they decide to go follow some tankers back to the factory, Nicole and Mo, and uh, they still don't know where the fucking kid is. You understand? They haven't thought about where this fucking kid is at any point. You need to remember that, all right? So uh, Mo, Mo and Nicole find where they're mining the stuff out of the ground. It's a giant open pool of the stuff out in the middle of a rock quarry. So Mo wants to go steal a tanker of the stuff to prove that it's real so he throws on a worker's uniform and heads down with explosives strapped to his legs that he then places on uh, parts of the rock quarry as he goes down there one of the workers does notice that he looks a little out of place you know why because he's got a fucking horrible head of hair and no hat on and mo knocks that guy out steals that guy's hat and uh then goes to uh the tanker where he can hear jason is screaming as the the stuff is starting to get in there and fill up. So he ends up stealing that truck, blows the explosives, uh, and as he's driving back with Jason and the the little bit of stuff that's already been pumped into the tanker, runs over the old guy from the fucking shop who's attacking Nicole at the getaway vehicle in a pretty cool little fashion as his like body splits apart and the stuff falls out of him. Very cool. And just has enough time to pull Jason to safety before the stuff envelops him, much like, um, much like a Jeremy Woodworth after a long night when he lays on one of his animals so uh tell i would i would compare it to where i um i defoliate on the top of my bed oh god no 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 and there's like a full body shape around where i was sitting of just my skin on the bed but then i'll get into bed later with the wife that's sleeping already and just the movement of the blankets with the fan blows the entire (laughs) contents of the skin right into my wife's face So she just wakes up in like a snowstorm of like, Aah! she starts coughing and breathing it in. And I like that when Jeremy, if Jeremy ever gets murdered, it'll be the easiest chalk outline for somebody to do. <laughs> like his body can be removed and they're like, oh, just trace around. The- <laughs> just pick him up and that's the outline of where he was. <laughs> yeah. Look, I've just, I've fun like this in itself, I guess, is an honest ash. Um, yeah. I've never, I've never let a man finish inside me, but I've just always assumed that it does look like the stuff, and it's just like liquid paper dripping right back out. <laughs> uh, if you only had some folds, I could hit someday. <laughs> so they, uh, 
after they're leaving with the tanker and Jason and Nicole are safe, they get pulled over by the cops, and it's a cop who's controlled by the stuff, So, uh, but they easily trick him by pretending that, hey, look, all this stuff's dropping out of the back of the truck. We better eat it, and uh, he gets karate chopped to the neck and knocked out fucking pig and uh hey, look at this pigeon shit let's eat it <laughs> so uh because there's so many stuffies everywhere and everybody's addicted to it he decides to get mo decides to go to an old friend's house a castle of one colonel spears played by paul servino now paul servino and um and uh, Michael Moriarty would go on after this to star uh, alongside 30 different episodes of Law & Order later on. So uh, this was their first meeting and first time working together after what would become an illustrious career between the two of them. Uh, now, to explain Colonel uh, Spears's like little uh, outfit, uh, he basically has a militia that he runs. They're basically the 80s QAnon people. Right is the best way to describe them. Like they're full on, like right wing, turbo conservative guys. Uh, it's it's like if Red Dawn was only for adults. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I like it because uh, uh, Mo tricks him to get on part. He's just like, you know, the stuff is about mind control probably has to do with the communist party and he's immediately on board he's like okay fucking commies yeah we're in on it so let's do this so now that mo is in control of a small militia they head back to the plant they infiltrate very easily with a full frontal assault of the place start shooting up the whole factory uh but they find that most of the workers have killed themselves within uh and finally they're happy to bring the kid along which they're like it was dangerous for you to stay at a plane let's go into a full gunfight with m16s now kiddo uh i do have this little clip here though between colonel uh, the colonel and jason here no show of resistance they may not be armed sir doesn't matter if they are armed there is no match for the american boy we have never lost a war what about nam sir we lost that war at home sonny <laughs> They may have run out of us. <laughs> we lost that war at home, Sonny. I, I, I just what like a lot that. of people don't know is that line was actually the original inspiration for that Tom Petty song. He was an American boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea that Tom Petty was inspired by the stuff to write this song. <laughs> I, I hate to say the last uh, New Jersey Horror Con was great because we got to do karaoke with not only the Crypt Keeper, but also Richard Greco. Oh, and Richard Greco. Nice. Yeah, Greco, Greco, um, whatever. Yeah, Greco is something that you save a bunch of money on your car insurance, but uh, yeah. Greco is a great actor from the show 21 Trump Street. <laughs> but, of course, I got to do a duo, a duet with my buddy of uh, I Got You, Babe, when I was dressed up as Pogo. Um, but the only thing I think it could make a better karaoke is actually singing American Girl, the Tom Petty song with the chick from... Um, Silence of the Lambs, who's in the well. Ah, so. she was an American. Scare my fucking dog! Um, <laughs> and dressed up as uh, Buffalo Bill yes. with, your, with your penis tucked, yes. Hell so. yeah. <laughs> 
Penis Tuck. That was my nickname in high school, other than easy. Uh, now, Even though you didn't tuck it. Meanwhile, uh, I know, it's just that tiny. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Jason and Nicole are downstairs because send the boy and the woman downstairs to go investigate something on their own. Uh, they're almost getting drowned by the stuff that's then chasing them through. Luckily, they're able to climb through some containers and get out as the stuff just starts pouring out of the factory left and right, trying to make an escape into the wild. But Colonel Spears, who sees this natural disaster happening in front of himself, has a plan of what to do. All right. We're going to leave it where it is. (laughs) Which is very, very funny. We're going to do nothing. But also... I own two radio stations down in Atlanta. We're going to fly down there. We're going to broadcast a warning. We're going to tell the public what this stuff can do. So uh, they fly back to Atlanta to go uh, radio broadcast all of this. And uh, they actually, when they get off of the plane, they take uh, taxis there. And he goes, no more of your liberal remarks. Just drive us. Which... <laughs> so... I just have to say, whenever we see the stuff moving its way through the factory, I felt very seeing. So I was like, that is like me still trying to fit into my skinny jeans. <laughs> Uh, is it the stuff or the toughest thing that Ashley had to do today? Um, no, it's called the fuff. The fuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Charlie then um, shows up. Black every minute. Charlie then shows up to the radio station as the soldiers are scared of his lethal hands. They let him right on through. Eight minutes to airtime, but um, Charlie says he's seen the stuff move. He's a credible witness. They should have him on air, but the colonel doesn't necessarily feel obligated to let Charlie on, but he does relent. I will permit this colored man to speak, (laughs) but speak one word of the commie party line. Or one word in code, and I will blow his head off. (laughs) Colonel Spears showing the right-wing mentality, first and foremost, for everybody to see. And Charlie's just unfazed, like, oh, thank God. I'm not going to die today. What a great chance. Thank uh, you, Colonel. 100% true story. Uh, I used to have a black friend. And that's not the end of this story. (laughs) The other true part of the story was I, I would love to, to um, uh, scare white people when I would introduce my black friend because I would say, hey, I would never call him the N-word. I always call him colored, and my black friend would say, yeah, I'm colored. So, Oh, that's really yes. nice. And 100% true. The one hour 19 mark, we have another big edit here. Uh <laughs> Jeez, I can't tell a true story anymore. Jeez, I am just, I'm, I'm kidding, Jeremy. We'll leave it in. People know you're a monster. Uh, no, my friend. I just want to let you know that when I'm ready to leave the show, I that's too many episodes to edit me out of. So can you just put like I was never on it? This was the the, <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back. So. I will say no, that uh, we're not there yet. <laughs> I I will say since uh, we're at a big edit part here anyway, my friend uh, who lives locally uh, to me now, um, I played rugby with him, and uh, he's a white gent, um, and he was really hammered one night, and we had had this new new player that had joined the team. His name was Paul, who's one of the most kindest, great athletes I ever had the pleasure of playing with. Paul Clark, shout outs. 
and a very hammered Brandon Scheib puts his arm around Paul and he's just like, hey, yo, Paul, I just want you to know you're not a nigger, man. I need yes. you to know. He goes that. He says that to him. He's like, you're like, for real? And this is like as genuine as he could have been at this moment. He's like, you're like colored. And like, it was like a, it was a real, like I'm t- the genuine, like the genuineness in which he said that was so strong that like Paul just looked at him and he was just like, I guess thanks, <laughs> which was, the, which I thought was very, very, I thought the entire situation as we're all watching it, like, God damn, how are you this level of a piece of shit all the time? <laughs> Eric, I'm gonna remind you for the next week that you need to edit this out because if you don't, I have it. I got it. I have it. One twenty-one. It's one nineteen to one twenty-one. I got it. It's all. It's all marked out. Gone too far. That is true. That is true. So, uh, to look, I got it from one twenty-one to one forty-five. So, anyway. Hopping right back into it, uh, we see that uh, they get ready to go live, but Charlie needs to take a minute to explain and gather his thoughts when all of a sudden Charlie starts to fucking get elongated in the other room with fucking Nicole. And what is probably the coolest special effect in the movie is Charlie's face just fucking opening up like he's a Beetlejuice character. Uh, I have to do that with really big dicks. Oh, (laughs) yes. And uh, the stuff starts flowing out of him and uh, threatening both Nicole and Jason in the corner. Eventually, they break the glass to the sound room and uh, Moe takes two electrical wires and shocks the stuff into submission, ostensibly saving the day and the broadcast. Uh, But right after that, uh, they go live, which is, I love this effect. I think it's probably the coolest effect is just seeing uh, Garrett's face get fucking like, like this. Uh, it's, It's pretty cool. Um, now the shocking of it and everything else that happens of it, not so great, but overall it's almost worth watching the movie just for that. But they eventually go live and broadcast to the world. My fellow Americans, this is Colonel Malcolm Gromit Spears. I have never misled you and I will never mislead you. Tonight, America is in grave danger. We are under alien attack by a substance which represents itself as a popular dessert known as the stuff. If the stuff is in your house, do not eat it. Repeat, I mark you, do not eat it. If you are a merchant and have it on your shelves, do not sell it. If you happen to have a distributorship and you distribute this material, close your doors, make no more sales. Uh, uh, Now, if a member of your family is dependent on this product, get them to a hospital. And if you have this product in your home, cook it. I repeat, cook it. But so here's my thing about about him saying that get them to a hospital. He, I'm just pointing this out. How can you get them to a hospital and know what they need if you don't fucking know what the stuff is made out of? Oh, Eric, you're on mute. <laughs> Listen, you're sounding a lot like the liberal media right now. Uh, Ashley, this is a strong conservative voice that's speaking the truth to power. Uh, and I think that's the, the thing that you're missing the most. And personally, I think... 
my thing. I was gonna, I was gonna name drop. You know, never mind. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm not, I was gonna say Doug Pontius would be on the side of Colonel of the Colonel right here. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, you're really looking for it today. It's thirty, Eric. It's forty, not twenty. <laughs> so, uh. Uh, they go on uh, as uh, as that broadcast goes out. The people, the people of America wake up and they start burning down all the stuff, uh, dispensaries, uh, as bombs blow up across the nation and the stuff is essentially uh, destroyed. But does that stop everybody? No. We need to go check out the CEO of it. So Mo, go ta- Mo takes himself down to go talk to the CEO of Stuff Corp. You think by dynamiting one quarry you could shut us down forever? Don't you realize that stuff seeps up through the earth in many places? Well, I guess we'll just find those places. Afraid I'm uh, not alone tonight, Mo. I suppose you've spent my money as well, eh? Oh, it's the opposing team. You're in business together now, right? The opposing team that also paid off Mo is now in in cahoots with the original guys. It was inevitable, wasn't it? The stuff is finished, of course. But look here. Look at the new campaign for the taste. Only 12% of the stuff in it, just enough to make the public crave more. And the balance is natural dairy products. There won't be enough of the stuff in it to, to get a grip on anybody's mind, to take over. Oh, uh, how do you know? Well, they tested it. We tested it in a small Illinois town. Well, if you tested it, then you can taste it. Oh, you go too far. I didn't come alone here either. I brought along a couple friends. Jason! So he calls in the boy Jason. Jason brings in a case of the original stuff and at gunpoint forces the CEOs to eat the stuff. And then here you hear this wonderful... Wonderful little sentiment. Are you eating it? Or is it eating you? Oh! And that brings us to an end of the motherfucking stuff with a Superman-esque theme song ending, which is very, very funny. Um, what, a, what about leading into the sequel where the uh, the secret shipment is shipped in a in a station wagon to a secret location like yeah we still have some stuff oh yeah yeah there is a there is that secret ending where there's a black market of people who are selling the stuff like drug addicts is like yeah we still need the stuff we got the stuff and if you need the stuff I got the stuff you want the stuff the stuff is here so which is good. Uh, I like that there's not government control and authoritarianism. It, this is listen. The end of the stuff is the world that libertarians want, which is unregulated free market trade. You know what's in the stuff. Put it in your body if you well, want to be well, controlled by evil demons. The, the true sequel is called Mixed Stuff. Mixed stuff. <laughs> and and okay. um, yeah, or supersize the stuff. So. Supersize the stuff. Uh, Why is America fat now? Uh, Ashley, what are your final thoughts on the stuff? Uh, it's an overall great film. I'll just say in the spirit of the 80s, Eric can do kiss my ass. <laughs> 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 oh, it's just it's just because I made a few off color. I deserve that. That's fair enough. Uh, Jerry, what are your uh, final well, thoughts? Well, I'm on a Donnie stuff? Darko kind of guy, so you know. 
If the sister's gonna vote for Dukakis, whatever, you know. So Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh Jerry No, I think I think they could have made fun of um uh commercialism of the eighties better. Um probably probably done the best with um six feet under with uh you know, marketing um funeral products. So with dancers and white backgrounds, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I personally, I like the stuff as as a movie that uh, I actually never watched up until this episode. I I, I purchased it for six dollars. Uh, shout outs Amazon who mailed this to me. Uh, I I've enjoyed that this is now part of it. Uh, I I kind of wanted a little bit more out of it. It is very much uh, the second Larry Cohen film that I've watched that have, has left me wanting more. Uh, but I'll give I'll keep giving him another shot. It is very pulpy. There are some good big old chop moments in there, and uh, I do like when uh, M16s are getting shot at gelatinous goo. I'll never dislike that. So uh, shout outs to that. Um, Ashley, where can people find you at? Oh well, you can find this Margaret Snatcher online at Ashley Pontius Laughs, and I do have a show May first in Harrisburg. Details to come. May first, so check that out. We also have a show April tenth, and uh, that's probably after the show airs. So I'm not even going to plug it, but you can catch all things Eric Comedy at EricComedy.com. Eric with a K, Comedy with a C. The second Saturday shit show, which I plug for no reason at all, is every second Saturday of the month with Michael Quinlan and former host of the show. Kimberly Callahan. Uh, hop on aircomedy.com. You can find links to our merch and everywhere the show is broadcast there. So pick up some of that. Jeremy, take us out of here. He gave me his last tub of stuff that wouldn't last me a day. <laughs> <laughs>